I'm Sheila Cast. We're on the record. Good morning. After a four-year investigation, Maryland's Attorney General has identified 158 priests and others in the Catholic Church who sexually abused 600 young victims over eight decades, including 43 priests accused of sexual abuse but not previously identified publicly by the Archdiocese of Baltimore. In a motion to Baltimore City Circuit Court asking to make the full 460-page report public, Assistant Attorney General Kerry Williams wrote, Time and again, the Archdiocese chose the abuser over the abused, the powerful over the weak, and the adult over the child. Hundreds of Marylanders have suffered mentally and physically for decades because of the Archdiocese's decisions. Close quote. Later, we'll speak with the local leader of an organization that advocates for church abuse victims. First, Attorney General Brian Frosch joins us. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Sheila. You began this investigation four years ago. What did it consist of? So we subpoenaed documents from the Catholic Church. We received hundreds of thousands, probably more than a million. And uh, we also opened lines to survivors, to victims, to witnesses. Uh, We had a link on our website. We had a, a number that they could call, and we interviewed more than 300 victims and survivors. Why did it take so long to create this report? It took twice as long as the Attorney General's investigation in Pennsylvania. Yes, uh, that's true. Uh, And I would say there are two reasons. First, we don't have the resources that they have. Um, But more importantly, the last piece of the document production we got from the church was in July of this year. There were more than 100,000 new documents that we needed to review and incorporate. Why do you think this report needs to be released to the public? Well, as the motion states, the Church was for many decades intent upon suppressing the, the complaints and covering up the tracks of the child abusers, and much of the information was never made public. And the church tended not to believe the victims. They were children. So they, their story was never told. For them to heal, uh, it's probably too late in many respects to prosecute the child abusers. But for the victims' stories to be told, uh, we're likely the only voice. We're also the only likely source of information. And for them to heal for them to get justice or as close to justice as they can get. And in order for the truth to be told, our report needs to be made public. Your motion notes that there are 13 living church officials who have been accused of sexual abuse but not prosecuted, nor are they listed as credibly accused by the archdiocese. Am I correct to assume that if you're asking the court to release grand jury information, you are not planning to build criminal cases? I don't want to comment on that. I don't think I can comment on that. I can tell you this, that there were 43 priests and church employees that we found accused of child abuse whom the Catholic Church had not previously identified as being what they call credibly accused. We don't really know what their standard was, but 
they found 115 people to be credibly accused, and there were an additional 43 for whom we found numbers of accusations. And you can't comment whether or not there will be prosecutions? I can't comment on that. Have there been indictments during the course of the investigation? There have not. And the obstacles to prosecute these folks are steep. The statute of limitations for misdemeanors is one year. Uh, For felonies, there's no statute of limitations. But the only felony on the books in Maryland through the 1980s was rape. And rape was specifically defined as being between a man and a woman. So the crimes that would now be considered and prosecuted as felonies were misdemeanors when they were committed in the 60s, 70s, 80s. So we have a statute of limitations problem. We also have uh, a problem with witnesses. Many of the abusers are dead, and many of the victims are dead. And it's hard to find witnesses other than the victims within the Catholic Church because they're dead as well. So it's been difficult to find the means to prosecute some very serious instances of child sexual abuse. This is On the Record on WIPR. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Attorney General Brian Frosch about his office's multi-year investigation of child sexual abuse perpetrated by priests and other employees of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. The final report has not been released. Frosch's office filed a motion last week asking the circuit court to release its finding. Why is the scope of your report limited to the Archdiocese of Baltimore? What about cases of abuse that occurred in the Maryland suburbs of Washington or on the Eastern Shore, which is part of the Diocese of Wilmington? I can't comment on that. The Archdiocese, pending our investigation, made public that they had received subpoenas from us, but we don't uh, comment on pending investigations ourselves. Is there a particular story from this investigation that stays with you? Reading the report, Sheila, filled me with sadness, anger, frustration, and I, it was very hard to read. The incidents that we lay out in the report are horrendous, and it's as our motion states, and that's really what I have to limit myself to, as our motion states, the victims ranged from preschool to all the way through age 18. There were many five, six, seven, eight-year-olds and other prepubescent children who were sexually abused and in some cases tortured. It is large in scope, and the details literally made me sick. Assistant Attorney General Williams wrote in your court filing, quote, now is the time for reckoning, close quote. If there aren't going to be criminal indictments, what is the reckoning? The reckoning is to tell the truth, and that's what our report does. I think that's important so the victims' voices can be heard so that the 
predators who remain in our society know that in the future they will be discovered and prosecuted, and uh, that institutions that fail to report child sexual abuse will be held accountable as well. This news may spark others to come forward. Is your office still collecting accounts of abuse? Yes, we are. Uh, I don't know that we've received phone calls recently, but I expect that the report and perhaps even the motion to release the report will encourage victims to come forward with their stories. What we know is that we've only discovered a fraction of the instances of child sexual abuse. The statistics show that between 20 and 33 percent of victims come forward, but those, I think, include adult victims. And it's much, much, much more difficult for a child to come forward and talk about abuse. Many of them didn't understand what was happening to them. But for a child to come forward and talk about a priest or an authority figure, a friend of their family, the leader of their church, was extraordinarily difficult, daunting. And when they did come forward, of course, uh, their complaints were batted away. Uh, So I would expect that there are many more victims, and um, I hope that one of the beneficial effects of our motion in our report will be to give them the confidence they can come forward and be heard. And your hotline number is 410-576-6312. I'll say that again at the end of the show. I'm trying to come to grips with this idea of reckoning because your report, as you described it to the court, doesn't just point the finger at 158 church officials, priests, deacons, others who abuse children, but you point a finger at the archdiocese for covering it up. Where is the reckoning about that? Well, because the the reckoning, again, is uh, telling the truth. And I very much appreciated Archbishop Laurie's statement that the Church is ashamed and uh, profoundly sorry for what happened to these hundreds of uh, child sexual abuse victims. Um, But I think it's important for people to understand what happened, um, and it's important to tell the truth for the victims and for uh, the protection of children in the future. And the cover-up by the Catholic Church is an important part of that truth, an important part of that story. Do you think the cover-up is over? I, I, to the best of my knowledge, it is. The Church changed its policy dramatically in 2002, and the law by that time had mandated reports of child abuse, and uh, the the church has since then, as far as we can tell, has since then uh, followed the law, reported child sexual abuse, child abuse when it was reported to them. You are leaving office in January. Special Assistant Attorney General Elizabeth Embry, who worked on this investigation, is leaving your office. 
What will happen to this investigation? I believe it will continue, and I believe that Attorney General-elect Anthony Brown will consider will continue to pursue it. And uh, I have to say, uh, we owe a debt of gratitude to Elizabeth Embry. She did an outstanding job and a huge amount of work. But to the best of my understanding, the next administration will continue to pursue it, but it's not up to me. Maryland Attorney General Brian Frosch, thanks for speaking with me. Pleasure. Short break on the record. When we're back, a survivor's perspective. At the On the Record page at WIPR.org, we have a link to more information. You can contact the Attorney General's Office to report child sexual abuse at 410-576-6312. Again, 410-576-6312. The Archdiocese declined our offer to speak with Archbishop William Lurie. Its spokesman said the Archdiocese has taken, quote, strides in exposing the horrible and unspeakable wrongs of some of its ministers and in how it has held people accountable, created and enforces policy to ensure the horrors of the past do not recur. Close quote. I'm Sheila Cass. This is On the Record. Stay with us. I'm Al Waller. I'm Katherine Collinson. And I'm Mihaela Vince. In upcoming episodes of Clear Path, Your Roadmap for Life, we'll discuss ways to catch up on retirement savings and the importance of self-care. Tune in to WIPR's website and mobile app, all major podcast platforms, and transamericainstitute.org. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. 158 priests in the Archdiocese of Baltimore abused more than 600 victims over the past 80 years, according to the Maryland Office of the Attorney General. The office has been investigating allegations of abuse and the Catholic Church's action to protect abusers since 2019. A court motion filed Thursday outlines some of the investigation's findings and asks a Baltimore City Circuit Court judge to release the report to the public. David Lorenz, is Maryland State Director of SNAP, the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests. Welcome back to the show, David. Appreciate you doing this. What is your reaction to the information? Oh, my reactions are all all over the map. Um, uh, Anger, just sadness, just, just, I I, I see that number, I see 600 and I just, my head just hangs. Anger at the diocese for covering this up, anger that they haven't, that there's 43 priests that haven't been reported. I worry about the, you know, there's 600 people who went to the attorney general and, and, and that's usually a small fraction of the people who've actually been, um, uh, hurt by the diocese. Um, so we're, we're talking, uh, five, 10, 20 times that number of people who've been abused. The numbers are, are just are staggering. And, and I can't help but think of those other people who are, hurt and 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 living alone with that hurt and scared or guilt-ridden or shamed or whatever reason they're holding on to that secret uh, and I, I i wish i could reach out to each and every one of them and let them know that they're not alone 
but I'm also a little proud. I have some pride on this. Um, you know, I, I, my, my abuse didn't happen in, in, in Maryland, so I was not part of this report. But I know so many of the survivors who want to talk to the to the attorney general. They are the bravest people I can imagine, you know, going in and telling their story like that. I mean, that's just the hardest thing in the world. And yet they did it. They did it because they knew it was the right thing and they knew it had to be done. And they made Maryland safer for doing that. Tell me more about what you have heard from other members of SNAP. I, I, I wouldn't restrict it to other members of SNAP, but other members of the general survivor community, right? Um, they're mad. Um, well, the, the ones that I've talked to, the ones who have gone before it, they're spitting mad because of, of they, they knew this was coming out and they knew the diocese was covering up. And, and, and you know, um, they're relieved also because this investigation has taken four years. So we were beginning to wonder if it was ever going to come out. And, and um, so there, there's a bit of relief, but there's anger, but not surprise, right? Nobody's surprised by this, that there's that many people who, who were uh, damaged by the Catholic Church and that they've been hiding it and, it. and it shows the report talks about the fact that, you know, they put um, predators before children. And that's just no surprise. In a letter sent to parishioners Thursday evening, Archbishop William Laurie wrote, quote, I once again offer my sincere apologies to the victim survivors who were harmed by a minister of the church and who were harmed by those who failed to protect them, who failed to respond to them with care and compassion, and who failed to hold abusers accountable for their sinful and criminal behavior, close quote. Laurie also stated that the church has complied with child protection policies for, quote, decades, close quote, reporting allegations of abuse to law enforcement and banning individuals credibly accused of abuse. David, what do you make of the archdiocese's response? It's laughable and sad. First of all, apologies do nothing. They do nothing to protect children. They do nothing to provide justice to those survivors who are out there. And the church has been fighting legislative reform for the last two decades, uh, trying to keep us from changing the statute of limitations on child sex abuse. And so for them to sit there and say, we are on the side of the survivors and we apologize, stop apologizing, make Maryland safer, get on board and change those statute of limitations and help us do that. Is, is changing the statute of limitations the primary thing you think that the, the government and the church needs to do now? It's one of the primary things to do. The other things to, thing to do is they say they've been following the child protection charter that was drafted in 2002. The short name is the Dallas charter because um, it was drafted in Dallas. Um, that's a minimal set of standards. And, and they take pride in the fact that they've, they've done the minimal amount of work in order to protect children. But, but there's more, way more to do. Uh, they put out the names of abusers. Where are those abusers? We don't know where they are. When, when, when the church has someone who's an, an abusive priest, you know what they do? They cut them loose. That perpetrator who's honed his perpetrator skills within the Catholic Church while being protected by the Catholic Church is now free to prey on the general public. He has a much larger pool of victims, and he has improved his skills at being able to do that. And the church takes no responsibility. They just cut him loose and say, here, go on out. And, you know, this guy can become a coach, a basketball leader, or, or you know, a, a basketball coach. He could become a Boy Scout leader. He could be any number of things. And, and we have victims who were abused by uh, former priests who the church has cut loose. Um, one of us, 
uh, was abused by a basketball coach who was a former priest. And the reason he's not he's a former priest and not a priest anymore is because he abused while he was a priest. So you're pretending like that's helping, and it's not. And is um, it your you need to take responsibility. And is it your impression that that pattern of simply releasing a priest and not t- and not telling authorities is still going on? Uh, yes, I believe so. Um, that, uh, I don't. I don't know that they always tell. We don't know. We don't know. You know what? They're not very transparent. They say they are, um, but I don't. You know, I. You're asking me to believe an organization that covered it up in 1985, covered it up again in 1992, covered it up again in 2002. Um, Why should I believe them anymore? I don't. I just don't believe they're doing the right thing. Um, And and their track record over the last 20 years has shown that. That's David Lorenz of SNAP, the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests. On the record on WYPR, I'm Sheila Cast. We're talking about the Maryland Attorney General's investigation into abuse by priests in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Last week, a motion was filed in court to release the report. The Attorney General's filing comes 20 years after an investigative series by the Boston Globe exposed the sex abuse scandal. Do you worry the public has become inured to this tragedy? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I I was asked a couple of years ago to give a talk before a, a rather um, progressive group of Catholics. You know, they arranged for me to give a talk, and this is a progressive group, and they um, they they advertised it um, in their group, and, and that there was no interest. They kept getting emails back that saying, "Isn't this problem over? Aren't we through this yet?" We're not. We're not. We're not going to be through this. You know why? Even if the church were to do the right thing starting tomorrow, which they're not. But but let's pretend for a minute that they did. Survivors aren't, they live with this for all their life. So when, when you talk about, um, uh, you know, 20 years ago, the survivors, it wasn't 20 years ago, it was yesterday in their head. So I, I'd implore Catholics who think this thing is over to begin to think like the survivors might feel and also understand that this problem is is not over because we keep seeing evidence that, that that they're not fulfilling their obligation on reporting every priest who's um, hurt a kid. It's not over. And I do worry that the that, that Catholics are becoming complacent. What would justice look like to you? Justice would look like the church providing um, financial assistance to all of the survivors in the same amount that other sexual abuse cases around the country. You know, we have the the, the gymnast, we have the whole gymnast thing in Michigan. Um, we, we've had other sex abuse cases. And, and, and in those cases, nobody blinks an eye that the survivors who, who were hurt by, by those by those guys um, get a serious amount of money. And, and I think the same should apply. People seem to think that the church shouldn't have to pay those kinds of things, mm-hmm. those damages. But they should. Um, and I know people who, who are hanging on by their fingernails. Um, they need hospitalization. They need, uh, they, they need basically unlimited care um, for what they've suffered. I mean, the, the abuse, some of this abuse is just, is just horrible. And, and people need to be taken care of. And not the diocese doling out a few dollars saying, yeah, we'll take care. We'll pay for 15 rounds of therapy. 
That's not what people need. They need to be able to go to their own therapist and pay uh, for hospitalization if they need it. So it looks like, to me, it looks like every other justice on other sexual abuse cases uh, around the country that are unrelated to the church. It looks just like that. Financial compensation and um, standing up in um, in admitting, uh, you know, putting out the records on all these people. And, and records just aren't names and, you know, a name and saying um, this, this was an abuser. Putting out, it's putting out a name, uh, you know, their age, their date of ordination, their entire work history. So other people can see, you know, you, you know, a parent might look at that and say, wait a minute, that guy was exposed to my kid uh, or my kid was exposed to that guy. So maybe I should be talking to my child about um, whether he was hurt or not. And that's the case. That's how I finally came out. Is I actually got asked by my mother because uh, this the priest that abused me was outed by someone else. David, I'm grateful to you for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. David Lorenz is the Maryland State Director of SNAP, the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests. At the On the Record page at WYPR.org, we have links to more information about SNAP. You can reach SNAP at 1-877-SNAP-HEALS. That's 1-877-762-7432. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, help is available at the National Sexual Assault Hotline, 1-800-656-4673. That's 1-800-656-4673. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Come back tomorrow.